evening. Good evening, young man. How are you? How's how's the week treating you? I'm frigged. I can't do this five days working thing. I've had like the last two weeks where I've only been in two days and it's been mint. It just means that it's killing you now. Thanks yeah, God. pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, is, uh, is Tim there? Yeah, he was laying down and now he's moving to his sofa. Nice. Bedtime. Is he chilled out? You what? Is he chilled out? Yeah, he's chilled out. Good. Good. So where, so where are we starting this week? We've got... Um, we, we've discussed this prior. It feels like the blind leading the blind right now. Oh, yeah. We've both uh, had busy weeks, so I've not actually seen that much. But, you know, that's what you get when you commit to weekly. Yeah, got to find something to watch at least. I don't even remember watching Dynamite that clearly. All I remember was that the MJF and CM Punk thing was pretty cool. That, yeah, that, we might as well start there. That was a pretty class promo battle. It was. Many shots at the E. Slash yeah. performers on the E. I was about to say, there were three names in particular that the shots were fired towards. We can work on that. Yeah, who do we get? Obviously Miz, obviously yeah. Cena, and the last one, I believe, was a shot at three H's, Big Daddy oh, Jean-Paul yeah. Levesque. Yeah, it was. The one at the Miz was good. The one at the Miz because was it... very good. That got the crowd into it. Because it wasn't even a dig at the Miz. It was a dig at MJF being a discount Miz. Yeah. Which I respect. That's I that's quite too. that's quite a shot uh, to make. It's as a man who has been seen, I'd say on the record, but on Twitter at least, acknowledging that he genuinely just dislikes the Miz. Mm-hmm. Shot to come from Punk means he probably meant it. Yeah. But he was really trying to cause offence by using that name. Yeah, I respect it. It was a good shot. It was a good shot. It was a very good shot. It was a good promo altogether for, what, 20 minutes back and forth? I know. Don't, like You don't normally see that. Not of that length of verbals that it doesn't ends, then get physical. Go back, then forth, and then that's where it ends, as opposed to going back, forth, back, forth, back. And then it normally, and then it, even if it's extended, it then leads to punches. And it didn't, it left with one of them leaving and the other guy having his match uninterrupted. Yeah, the match uninterrupted thing was uh, an interesting choice when that match went longer than it should have with QT Marshall, who, based on my comments on this podcast previously, uh, is the scourge of my wrestling watching existence I've made it known I do not enjoy this man and yet here he is again I'll, I'll tell you what though the guy knows how to work a crowd he knows he's uh, there to be a bad guy and he knows how to do it so I won't begrudge him for that he's just a bit boring and vanilla and just doesn't really do anything for me the thing I found most fascinating is almost all of his offense came in after his two cronies designed to give him the advantage were rejected and weren't there to give him the advantage anymore. Yeah, so it, it just felt like, oh, he actually could have got this match. But then also, the story 
playing into the MJF one is that CM Punk takes his time and is still putting away guys he should be in seconds a bit too slowly. So if anything, it did its job. That is true. That is true. With your opening comment being that it took a bit too long and there's too much QT. It did something. It made it work. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it worked. Certainly worked. If the uh, if the objective is to get the heat on QT Marshall, it definitely works on me every time. So yeah, I don't like the guy, but I respect the hustle, I guess. As segments go, I'd give it about a seven because you're looking at a nine... Nine for the promos, but then a five for the match. So I'm averaging. Yeah, sounds about right. Just a, that's sounds just my, about my closing right. statement. I've got the card in front of me, and then we had Gun Club and Bear Country, and it lasted about a minute and a half. So I'm not even. Oh gonna, my god! I'm not even going to bother. Hang on, hang on. There is nothing you could say about that match that was anything special by any means. It was there to get Gun Club on screen for what happened afterwards, where Austin had his life ended by Darby Allen flying out of that tunnel at roughly 100 miles an hour if I had to put a number on it. I'd say I'm pretty close. Uh, that's kind of what he does. We discussed this after All Out. That's what that guy does. Yeah, I just I had to mention it because it became, it became a social media gift almost immediately. And I cackled. <laughs> I have to admit I cackled very hard when I saw it. On Twitter, and then again when I watched the show, even though I knew it was coming, still loved it. Fair play. Also, what is Billy Gunny in at age fifty-eight, and can I have some? Because that man is ripped. It's disturbing. Oh yeah. It scares me. Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter. I knew you'd enjoy it. It was. Oh, I'd yeah. say it was Jamie Hayter's best match ever so far. Based on the limited amount of her I have seen, because quite frankly, I've not seen a great deal of her. In fact, nothing outside of AEW has been viewed by myself. But based on that very, very small uh, list, sample size, thank you. That's the kind of phrase I was looking for. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Very, very, very good. And sprinkling a little bit of intrigue on at the end there, maybe. Yeah, calling it she's going to be the next Britt Baker challenger. Uh, Next is a big call. Maybe like the third after whoever comes up next. I can definitely see her turning on them, being angry enough to turn because... It seemed to be, and I don't know if everyone else got this read, but for me it was a game of, I still had a chance here. Did you not trust me to be here by myself? Why are you you doing this? Why are you causing more problems than you're solving? Kind of dissension among the ranks. And I'm intrigued. Especially if at least we're kicking the crap out of Rebel, because I think that would just be really fun. Ah, uh, rebels, no. rebels had enough. Don't be a not kicking, not kicking the crap out of Rebel. I don't think that bit would be fun. I think seeing Jamie Hayter get to be a baddie face, but not a 
smiley, happy, cheerful, white meat baby face, the kind that's still a badass, which she is. Yeah, she is. I think she could definitely pull that off. Yeah. I mean, she's got the heel thing locked down, but you like to see you like to see people contain multitudes, don't you? Yeah, make them more interesting. It's the same same reason we like Pac. He's a baby oh, face, yeah. but he will hurt someone. He's a baby face when he's a bastard. He's, he's a, a baby- heel and he's, he's a bastard. He's a baby face who doesn't smile. Yes, yeah, the best. Uh, thoughts on Thunder Rosa winning? Big fan. Pretty much saw it come in. The next rap match in the round, I believe, is her versus Jade Cargill. So it made sense for it to be a experienced babyface woman. Yeah. Making it to assist uh, Jade in her ascension to the TBS title, which, based on the going so all in on the branding it, the That Bitch show... Which I don't really like. I think it's a bit ham-fisted, but whatever. They're, they're going all in on branding it that, so I think she's going to win the title. I don't think so. I think if you've got at the minute... But then it seems like a lock that Thunder Rosa should be against Brit at some point again. That's why I'm not going for Rosa to win this, because I think she's the next one for the top belt. Who's facing Nyla Rose? I think it's being in fact that will be part of the preview for this coming week aka tonight's show because I think it's her versus Chris Statlander for that place in the next round. Okay yeah so then if, is, this, is this then going into the final? So those two would be Jade versus Rosa and Chris Stat slash Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose is the other semi-final. Okay. Which... Ooh, would you put Chris Stat over Ruby Soho? I am extrapolating here. My preference, I don't know if that's where the, the direction they're going to go. And by the time this makes it to air, I will be proven right or wrong. We don't know because it won't be going out tonight, I don't think. God, no. Edit in tomorrow, if that makes sense. I think I edit immediately. No, I know you don't, because I get notifications when we go live the next day. My word. Anyway. No, but my thoughts... We can cut that all out. My thoughts are that we're going to get to... Or my preferred choice, personally, would be Ruby to beat Chris, Ruby to beat Nyla, and then that's where we end up with a... Babyface heel dynamic still in the final, and Jade pulls out the win. That's just where my mind goes with it. No idea if it's going to play out. Now that I've said it out loud, I could see it going that way, but with Chris making the final, we'll see. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think there's looking at all the women that are left in, any of them could win it because they've historically put enough into all of them that all of them are realistic contenders. So I'm not I'm not making long term predictions because I just think it's a bit everything could go either way. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a fantasy booker at heart. I like to think I like to think big picture on a lot of these things. Yeah, and personally, I think um, Jade's maybe a little bit too fresh. 
where the, there's definitely more experienced people who I think could carry it a little bit better. That's just my opinion. That's fair as well. That is fair. I'll, um, you sparked a thought in me there, so I'm just going to have a quick look at something. If I can find her on the card anywhere. You said she's green. I want to see when about she debuted because I don't remember. I think it was like last July, maybe? It was whenever Shaq was around for some reason. March. I'm about four months shy of that. And yes, it was in the Shaq match, wasn't it? But she's uh, the name is on the left a hell of a lot. So if she wins. It's a lot of squashes, though, on dark or elevation. Oh, it's a lot of dark and elevation. Yeah, you're right. A lot of them are sub two minutes. Yeah, that's my only thing. Like, the actual TV time is extremely limited. It's just yeah, promos, mostly. Certainly. Yeah, last appearance on Dynamite was that match she had with Layla Hirsch in September, yeah. which I can't remember, and it was decent. Layla Hirsch is very good. Yeah, she she carried us off pretty well. Yeah, and it was Rampage, Rampage. Rampage two weeks in a row. She beat Sky Blue in a minute and had that three-way with Nyla and Thunder Rosa. I still think it was should have been Nyla who took the pin there, but that is what it is. Robbery. Santana Garrett in two minutes had that match with Red Velvet on the 17th of November. So a couple weeks ago, beat her in about 10 minutes. Sounds like it could have been a good match. I might have to go back and rewatch that because I can't remember off the top of my head. But the match quality, the match uh, length is slowly but surely ramping up. She's still in her only, only in her first year wrestling. So she's good for the prospect that she is. Mm, yeah, we'll yeah. see where they we'll see where they go from here in the tournament with her. Yeah, and to be fair, it depends on how much trust they've got in her. So if they if they trust her to do it, then believe there's a reason that they run the show and we don't. Yes, because I don't live in America. That's the only reason. Pretty much the only reason. I reckon if I became native enough with TK, uh, <laughs> he'd give us a job. Anyway, I just right. lived in Jacksonville and hung around the stadium often enough. I do apologise. Continue. Oh, God. Brydan versus CC. Cockabana, boom, boom. He knocked out a brother's tooth, didn't he? At least part of it. It didn't look like a full thing to me. Yeah, but that's that's enough. Unless Colt spat out the rest while I wasn't looking, that looked like only a cap to me, but it's still a frightening thing to get from a man who is... I was going to bring out the... Who's quite small, but fuck it, he's still a scary dude, isn't he? Sat Lewis, we we talked about this. I think it was last week with uh, Lince Dorado. It doesn't matter how small he is; he hits to hurt. Yeah, shoots to kill, doesn't he? And he's mm-hmm. do a proper intro anyway, so seems oh. fair. But probably restart. Welcome to the Spine to the Pine Cast, the podcast where myself and my brother, my tag team partner. I can't think of a tag team right now. The Jeff to my Matt Hardy. Oh, that's a good Talk one. Talk about wrestling. Um, I like your enthusiasm, but I am absolutely not cutting those 15 minutes. We'll carry on from where we left off. We're just going to have a midway intro. I totally understand. That is fine by me. For anyone confused, because it will become apparent, but it cuts off halfway through a sentence. So we've just started again. We've got an intro in the middle. Let's do this. This Fuck one it. is we'll been... do it live. I love that clip so much. It's the best thing ever. Fucking thing sucks. 
Anyway, can't remember what you were saying. Yeah, Danielson and Cabana. I don't know whereabouts we cut, so should we just jump back in at Danielson and Cabana? Yeah. Brother hits hard. Kicking teeth out. Colt did his stuff, got all his moves in, got the flip-flop and fly, got all the Dusty Road stuff in. But in the end, it was not enough compared to a man who will kick your head in. It was, it was all right. It, it did what it needed to do. Uh, it did exactly the opposite of Punk and puts a guy, away a guy in about five minutes. Convincing. In a convincing yeah, convincingly. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. And then you had um, Hangman after the match come down and say, I'll fight you now. And Brian ah. gives it the, uh, oh, you're all eager when I've just had a match, aren't you? This bit was so funny, not because of that part. That was brilliant. But what I found so funny was when Hangman says, all right, all right, you you see what's happened here. I understand. If you want to take the first shot, I will let you. And Daniel Bryan says, don't you insult me. And then (laughs) takes the shot. Brilliant. Genius. So good. We get a bit of a brawl. And as soon as the buckshot comes out, Brian Powders lives to fight another day, and that other day will be next week against Alan Five Angels, who is also going to die. Will he lose a tooth? Let's find out. I think, if anything, Brian may start taking skulls and spines like Predator to really ex- send a message. I'm excited for that day. Wears them on his white t shirt. His plain white T-shirt. Yeah, I, res- I respect that as well. Big fan I'd, of that. I'd I'd go with that. That was really the big story expansion of this week. I can't like all of that. We had CM Punk and we had a, a tournament, but everything else was just like filler. The main event was class because it was so quick. Refresh my memory, please. FTR, Andrade, and Malachi versus The Lads and Cody. Oh, this was fun. Yeah, I did enjoy this show. It was, Yeah, it was what it needed to be. It was fun. You had um, Arn and Tully take out Jose, the assistant. Big fan of that. That was fun. You had, unfortunately, Pac taking a pin. But, in fairness, he ate Black Mist as well. And He did. According did he to did. the hierarchy of Mist, means that he's dead, officially. Yes. Apparently green, red, and black actually mean different things. I knew the colours meant different things. I didn't know what they meant. Black is I, just I knew, super deadly. All I knew was black was the most powerful. So, fair play, Malachi. You, you, you're you putting out the, the good stuff. Yeah. Highlight of that match for me, when Cody throws his belt in the crowd, and then the crowd <laughs> throws it back, a la John Cena at ECW. I think my favourite part about that was when um, after the crowd had thrown it back, Andrade then gets in the ring just to take it and throw it very violently under the ring. Mm-hmm. So Cody gets a security guy to get it for him and put it, and put it back, back on. on. That's quite embarrassing. Uh, poor guy. And they threw it back in the crowd later and it stayed, so at least he tried. The thing is, though, it needs to lead to a heel turn because he can't have these visceral negative crowd reactions and play as a face for too much longer. Yeah. Because it's just going to get 
confusing and border on nonsensical. Yeah, it's getting close to uh, him being a baby face is getting close to jumping the shark, wherein it literally doesn't make sense for the story anymore. I'm not sure I've used that phrase correctly, but I stand by it. No, I'd say it it's bordering on parody where you can't believe it's happening because it just doesn't make sense. Yes, that's exactly what I was going for. It reminds me of, except they were doing it deliberately, which is the difference, early days NXT where it was Bo Dallas as the champ. <laughs> Bo leave. Yeah, uh, and the crowd were booing him because they hated him, but he thought they were saying Bo. <laughs> so, he, so he loved I was everyone and they, and they would boo. Yeah, it's like boo earns, boo earns. Except with Cody, it's hard to tell right now whether he's doing it deliberately to generate this reaction, or if he's still, or if this like he might not be doing it as like his own choice, but whether they're still trying to get him as a face. Because this, because now we thought we had it with the the nightmare family turning on him. But then he came straight back to them. So who does he turn on to come into this heel thing? Because if he turns on Death Triangle, it makes no sense. They've been associated for about two weeks just through convenience. Yeah. Unless he returns on the Nightmare family and joins Malachi, which would also make no sense. That would be more confusing than satisfying as far as heel turns go. Yeah, exactly. Yay, Cody, I guess. I was saying the words. <laughs> next segment. Where are we going next? Uh, shall we cut through Rampage really quickly? Because I'm assuming you didn't watch it because I didn't either. I was not available to watch it. but Yeah, I exactly. At least Googled a couple of things that happened. And by Googled, I mean saw on Twitter. Yeah, me too. We got uh, Rio earning an opportunity by pinning the champ. Can she pin the champ again? Yeah, it's the laziest wrestling trope in the world. I I fight against it when it happens in the WWE because they set it up as a um, as a stipulation of the champ's been pinned. Can they pin the champ? It's slightly different in New Japan, and that's why I like it. Yeah. I don't like it here either. They this... half-arse explained it by going with the whole... Riho has this match because she didn't get eliminated from the thing that was setting up a contender. But I'm still not the hugest fan of it. I try and defend or I give AEW credit because they do a lot of things right. For me, this is one thing they didn't do right. Uh, I'm 50-50. I'd say they, they did it right, but I also wouldn't have had it to be facing Brit. I personally... Because the Battle Royal, I would have had it face the winner of the Battle Royal. Oh, so you would have gone... To take the opportunity. Riho versus Ruby for the sake of... Number one contendership. Because otherwise... I can't remember remember who won it, but whoever whoever wins it, then surely they're the person to beat because that was the actual match, not Brit. Yeah, that way, or uh, Riho versus person who is number one in the rankings behind yeah, the champion. That. Yeah, either way would work. Either either so, of those would have been good. I think facing Brit was just a bit lazy. 
yeah, uh, like I said, I don't like it when WWE do it. When New Japan do it, it makes sense because it's, for example, Shingo losing a G1 match means after the G1, the guy who beat him gets a chance. Yeah. It makes sense because the champion's just in the tournament. He's going to be facing everyone. If he loses, they deserve that title chance. Yeah. During the tournament, the belt's they not need to have it. They need to have it with the stakes. Yeah, it's just... it's. Uh, it maintains consistency within the universe because it would be like saying if I know it doesn't happen in boxing, all the big fight, all the guys with titles fight for the belt all the time. But if AJ beat somebody in a friendly and that guy was a champion, it would so it would so make sense to then just put the belt on the line next time. Yeah, exactly. We had a uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus some best friends, but, like, the best friends B-team. Oh, yes. Cassidy yes. and Wheeler Utah. That was one promo, actually, I saw on Dynamite that I really liked. Because I, like I thought those... I thought... And I don't have another name from right now, so they will just be the Undisputed Era. I thought they were very funny, just in the way that they're kind of dorky and kind of saying stupid stuff, like... um Bob Fish is example of are you really best friends? What's what's you as middle name? Yeah, you don't know it, do you? And all that kind of silly stuff. And uh, the argument, and, like the entire you, argument, devolved down to sorry. And then Adam Cole would like you, Yuta, whatever your name is. It's like you've just said his name correctly. What a you stupid didn't even... name. Yeah, oh, it's they're just yeah, they're funny, but I they're found... good. Yeah, I found it really funny because it evolved, devolved down to uh, you You think you can best friend harder than we can best friend? We can totally best friend harder than you can best friend. Yeah. And then had thought over it. Classic. Colon Fish won, which is good. Yeah. Because I think they're going to go towards a um, a battle between these guys because when Fish first turned up, he was like, Cole's not talked to me ever. Since 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 he left, he, he hasn't he hasn't picked up the phone once. So I think there's going to be like a resentment thing. That was I remember that was in like one of his first promos or like one of his first oh, interviews or something. You think they're going to down the line to Bob Fish versus Adam Cole? Yeah, Fish Fish going. Adam, you're using me as a friend of convenience, not a real friend. And that was built into on the previous rampage when it yeah. was. Undisputed Era versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Adam Cole bravely ran away. Yeah, exactly. So, I like where your brain's going. Uh You're looking exceptionally like John Gargano today, I'm just going to say it. That is a huge compliment. I think it's the hair-beard combination. It just kind of looks right in this light, this angle. Mr. NXT. I like it. Anyway, uh, Kingston and Garcia, just two lads beating the piss out of each other. What more can you say? Dan Dan Garcia is pretty good. Eddie, he's good for always, such a young guy. Eddie's always very good. Yeah, how old is he? He's like twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. God damn. Yeah, he's pretty good. I'm gonna wrap that one up there because, like, let's not even say anymore because that just came about of two interrupting Kingston many times backstage, and he just lost his mind over it. I liked it's when great. he was just there trying to eat cake, and they just they just show up. Yeah, he's just like yeah. one time for one time. Can I have this? Yeah, and then Chris Jericho hitching his wagon to the next hottest thing to try and get backpack some heat for himself. This is by true. joining 
chances with Ed Kingston. Interesting choice, but I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. Let's probably, uh, probably not a long-term thing, so I'm just going to let it go. Let's move to Friday night where almost nothing of note happened because when it's Thanksgiving, WWE really half-arses it. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to open with a question and we're just going to circle around this because Ooh. everything n- nothing else was of consequence. That's fair. Lewis Lewis Boyd. Hello. What, what do you think of Battle Royals for number one contendership? I think they're fine in terms of a way to narrow down your participants if you don't subscribe to the belief that you need to have a banger to get a title match cuz Unless it's the one from All In, Battle Royales usually fucking stink. Yeah, I would, I would, I would follow that thought process. What do you think of Battle Royals, where you get your winner, and then seconds later they announce that Brock Lesnar is showing up, making you less of a contender and more of an obstacle? They did that. That what? Yeah, this situation so- had lost me. So they had the, um, I'm going to start a few weeks ago. Brock got suspended for causing chaos. Okay. Brock doing Brock things. Skip oh, forward. yeah, he got fined $1 million. Yeah. Skip forward six to eight weeks. I can't remember how long ago it was. Uh, Sami Zayn wins the um, number one contendership battle royale. And then seconds later Kayla's interviewing him in the ring and is essentially then just goes and also next week Brock Lesnar will be here and Zane is just like well it's almost pointless that I'm here because we all know that you're just going to go for Roman and if I have a match you're going to interfere and it's over okay I thought that second question was going to go in a slightly different direction where do you think it was (laughs) Because I've heard how the match finishes and I thought you were going to ask me, what do you think of a battle royale that Bolts finishes you one winner and a lazy heel runs in and quickly eliminates the second to last guy thinking, who thought he was the last guy? Oh no, I love those endings. The laziest trope of the battle royale. You say that, but I love it still. I like it to a point and then it becomes the ending to every battle royale I've ever watched and it becomes less interesting. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's become a bit overused, but depending on who is the eventual winner, I find it can be quite a good payoff. Like for this one, I think it's quite good because Sami Zayn is constantly the conspiracy theorist and everyone's against him. So he finally makes the situation for himself and then gets screwed over once more. So, if anything, it's lazy genius booking. Well, based on the events of, I believe, last week's Raw, this makes it the second time in a week Sam Zayn has been screwed. After returning Vince's golden egg, who was stolen by Austin Theory, and Austin Theory gets given the title shot instead. And now this as well. Yes. But there is long-term storytelling, because do you remember when Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank match he was never in? Because Mustafa Ali was frozen in fear by Brock Lesnar's music. By by Brock Lesnar's wonderful presence. Well, do you recall that there was supposed to be an eighth competitor in that match? And it was supposed to be Sam Zayn. Who got taken out by Brock Lesnar 
taken away from a title opportunity by Brock Lesnar. We have come full circle of about two years, maybe 18 months. Yeah, I forgot. This about is that, a story actually. they have told by accident, and I kind of dig it now, now that I've talked myself into it. Yeah, so all that means is that one day we're going to get El Generico versus Brock Lesnar, surely. In PWG, surely, as well. Imagine that. Brock I Lesnar. could see Brock Lesnar at PWG. Do bowler. Brock Lesnar. Three matches in three it. days, easy. And it wouldn't go to tape until six months later because PWG's release schedule is dreadful. Yeah, it's very strange. But Malachi Black's their tag team champ, so... Sure, Him and sure Brody King, who will yeah. shortly be a free agent. Interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting one. I I I hated this situation, but then when I saw it actually in full, I was like, oh, actually, this is quite funny. Yes. It's like, I called it Lazy Genius a minute ago because it is... It's used all all the tired tropes and yet has somehow played perfectly in the story. Somehow makes sense, yeah. Somehow makes absolute sense. <laughs> then we got Raw, which I believe again Yeah, was one was a good one of watch the first twenty minutes, watch the last thirty, ignore the other two hours and ten minutes in the middle. Nice. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor had an eight-minute banger where, because Finn was mad at getting screwed last week, he just came out and all hell broke loose. And it, there were no lockups; There was just fighting. My favourite beginning to a match. I like yeah. a good collar and elbow in a technical competition, but when you've got heat, don't open with a lockup. It's... It's almost nonsensical to say, I hate you so much, I'm going to give you a clean collar and elbow to the corner. Yeah, the only thing that's getting me mad about it is that Finn lost. And this is like, he's had weeks now of losing. since Probably yeah. since, since coming back to the main roster, he's, he's lost. Aside from getting his shot at Roman, since then it's just been downhill. Which makes it's... me really sad. It must be a shame for Triple H to watch his pet project be huge in NXT, go to the main roster, almost make it, get injured, come back to NXT, get huge again, go back to the main roster and not be huge anymore. Yeah, like, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this changes. Yeah. But let's let's go Raw, suddenly getting those SmackDown writers with long-term storytelling. Because uh, there was ongoing segments between Seth and Kevin Owens and the authority in power discussing that Kevin Owens had a main event match with Big E. And if he wins, he went into the he gets inserted into Seth's match with Big E. And Seth was like, no, nah, that's garbage. That's not happening. And went to Adam Pearce. Adam Pearce said, you're right, that's not happening. And Sonya Deville says, but it's a great idea. So we're going to make it happen after Seth had left the room who sees Kevin again, who's spoken to them, who says, now it actually is a thing. And Kevin goes to them and says, no, Seth, it is a thing. I just spoke to Adam Pearce. So Seth goes to Adam Pearce and says, what the hell is this garbage? And then it becomes a thing. And then Seth is ringside for the match. And Kevin is spending the entire match taunting him, saying, I know you want to hit me, but if you do, I'm going to be in your match. So how does it end? 
Seth attacks Kevin. No, just no, no. He got to him so badly. Not quite, because for oh no, I'm close, not, but I can't not, remember why I'm wrong. It's actually because Kevin Owens realizes his taunting is not quite gonna do it, so he initiates an attack on Seth Rollins first, provokes him so strongly that there has to be a form of retribution. Not yes, that this kind. Is true. Not and, that kind. And then and he also the, gets E. It's the follow-up assault that gets Big E disqualified. Therefore, Kevin Owens wins. Therefore, Kevin Owens is in the match. Good stuff. It's good stuff again. It's Got good stuff that they've actually used negative implications where Seth knew that if he did any, if he stepped out of line, he would lose. But did it anyway because the anger was there because normally you would say that's stupid but this time it actually played in so well it's not the smart brightest move from Seth but it was basically just more on the side of Kev using his gigantic heel brain to think how am I going to twist this to my advantage and it worked he does have a gigantic heel brain I can't I can't fault it. Storytelling wise, the motivation from everybody just made sense. Also, Big E is fantastic. I hear he had so he the way he talks, the way he cuts his promos is just brilliant. This guy is a uh, he's on another level. He is. He's doing he's doing good work. He used the he used the phrase ipso facto in a WWE promo. Brilliant. He, he just has a way of speaking that is just beautiful. Prior to his unique, match, unique as well. Prior to his match, he would say that he would fight any and all Kevins to interview a <laughs> Kevin Patrick. <laughs> oh, I did. And that. then that's and a then, nice little bit there. And then gave him sort of a knowing look, a challenging look, if anything. <laughs> yeah, Biggie's just the best. Yeah, I want him to. He's, champion. Almost, he's almost my favorite member of the New Day. The more he speaks, the closer he gets, but I love King Woods. Yeah, I get that. Biggie's definitely my favourite. I uh, I want him to stay champion, but all this story is telling me is that he's the side man in his title story, and it's going to go by Seth winning by via Owens. That's all I, that's all I see. But oh, then, yeah. And then the... we get a, another big E-Seth programme, but legit this time. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. The... Uh... Kevin Owens, the way he gains the match is clever. The reason he's in the match is so that he can lose it for Big E. Yeah. But the way they got in there, everyone made sense within the set, within the um, within the story. So Yeah, yeah. As of right now, I can't hate it, to be honest. So now I think this is two weeks in a row where Raw has hit above SmackDown, in my opinion, which is a sad, a sad state of affairs for SmackDown. That is fascinating. Once again, I draw no opinion because I take all my views and understanding from you or from other podcasts. Yeah. Oh, also... Um, Particularly Stephen Larson's going in raw. I just like those guys. I forgot about one of the funniest things that went on. Uh, Alpha Academy versus Street Profits. But you had AJ and Omos on the outside watching because they've got some beef with uh, Street Profits. And um, 
But what made this actually funny was that AJ Styles was claiming that he was blind <laughs> because the previous week he'd got hit sprayed in the face with a fire extinguisher. So then throughout the match on guest commentary, he was just saying, I don't know what's going on. I can't see a thing. <laughs> Why be there? <laughs> uh, that's uh, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna. I want to talk NXT because we've got war games coming up. So I'm just going to talk about those two specific matches. I'll allow it because we had our oh, advantage ladder. ladder matches. Yes, of course. Yes, who was participating in each of those? So you had a uh, Kaylee Ray for the faces and Dakota Makes Kai sense. versus the he- for the heels. None of Toxic Attraction Kaylee? appeared. Wait, Kaylee Ray's a face. I'm confused. Yeah, because she's she's in because I believe she wants to go for Mandy Rose. Because then you've got no, she. W- oh, I'm confused now. You had Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, Zoe Stark. But I thought she was injured. And unknown fifth woman, fourth woman. Sorry. Mhm. I want to find this because. I'm confused now, but she's definitely on the face team because it's Dakota Kai and Toxic. Um, Raquel yeah. Gonzalez. So you've got okay. Raquel and Mandy and then KLR and EO versus Gigi and the other one. Oh, Gigi Dolan and um, yep. the former Priscilla Kelly. No, Priscilla I Kelly think. is the former. JC Jane. Ah, uh, I tried. And then and Cora Jade. Damn. Don't know who that is. Uh, okay. And then Dakota Cat and Toxic Attraction, obviously. Um, I've heard the name Cora Jade from yeah. places. GD called her out because she doesn't even escape, bro. <laughs> okay. It's, so it's that kind of character. Yeah. You had um you actually had Kaylee Ray go over in this one, which is interesting because you don't often have the face team. Getting the being, advantage. Being the advantage. So that's going to be quite interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Because surely in this story, because now Zoe Stark's injured, so you've got Kaylee Ray. Cora Jade is somehow there. Because I'm trying to link them up to person to person, but it doesn't quite yeah. make sense because Raquel's not really even in there back to get her title back. She's in there to take down... By Dakota still, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's Cora and Io. Interesting. And then, Kay- and then Kaylee Ray going for Mandy Rose. That would make yeah, sense Yeah, I guess to that me. tracks, I guess. No idea if it's accurate, but I guess it tracks. Yeah. The, men's one I, the men's one I can more line up. Yeah, that's a, a lot clearer. That one I do actually know who, who goes where. And then you've got NXT 1.0 versus 2.0. Yeah. John, Mr. NXT taking Bron Breaker to his best match ever. Well, he's had like 10, so... Yeah, but he actually looked like he should have been there rather than is just there. I tell a lie. According to the Cage Match Match Guide, he has had four. He's had four that were on that were like televised. I think he's had more yeah, yeah, had yeah, live he did experience. A, he did do so. He joined the uh, the WWE tour of the UK. So he's yeah. had a few with mostly Champa. Daddy Champ and Sami Zayn. Oh yeah. 
just four title triple threats where Champa wins all of them. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense, I guess. But I mostly wanted to use this moment to highlight Mr. John Gargano. Because this guy is has been standout one of the best things about NXT for probably five years, his entire five-year run. Because yeah, about been... it, either with DIY or his matches against Andrade or Adam Cole or his whole two-year feud with Champa or what he's doing yeah. now is... And then when he hated wheels for some reason, which was the funniest thing in my life at the time. Johnny Gargano hates that. wheels. Being part... Uh, joining the way, leading the way, being the North American champion, being Austin Theory's dad, I guess. And then being Dexter Loomis's dad-in-law. That's funny. I for like some that. reason... Um, Indy Hartwell is their child in this. Yeah, because it's Johnny and Ke- Johnny and Mrs. Wrestling, and then Johnny Indy and Hartwell Candace. is indie wrestling. We have to support indie wrestling. This is true. This is true. We must support. It's just a just a moment I to uh, appreciate appreciate John because he's 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 been doing some good work, and rumor have it has it that he's going according to our last episode as well. Yes. After War Games, yeah. he's he's done. The one-week extension, and then he's out of there. And I actually can't place where he's going to go because, according to people online, he's probably friends with the Young Bucks, but pretty much anyone who was on an independent show in California pre-2019 is probably friends with the Bucks in one way or another. Yeah. Though if he goes to AEW, I wouldn't be shocked. And, God, if they can keep signing everyone who leaves and then just cut the bottom half of their roster off that'd be that bulks them up significantly yeah it would we'll they, see what happens though because i don't he seems like quite the free spirit so if he just wants to go tour america for a bit that wouldn't shock me either yeah yeah i couldn't really place it they're just going to become nxt 1.0 over again AEW would just be yeah. nxt one plus the elite yeah and nxt one was pretty good so yeah, I can't say I hated there are, there are worse business plans to go for, to be honest. I can't really say I hated the period where you had Andrade and Johnny on the top of the card with Adam and Malachi in the middle. I'd take that. Yeah, and with if you believe Philadelphia the rumor, street fight. If you believe the rumour that Kevin Steen will soon be available as well. My word, yeah. Imagine an NXT where John Gargano and Kevin Steen were available at the same time. Well, would it's gonna be cool. It's gonna and happen. If he leaves, we'll definitely go AEW because you've got the rest of Mount Rushmore there. The Bucks and Adam Cole plus Kevin Steen. Makes yeah. a tasty moment when we get the eventual rematch from a bowler a few years ago of Kenny Omega versus Kevin Steen. That would be cool. Wait, did that happen? Uh, a few years ago. It's that's, definitely happened. That's insane. I want to say about 2016, but I'm not entirely sure. That is, that is actually crazy. Uh, I was wrong. By I was going to say, I think you lied to me. 2009, it happened. But it did happen.
anyway, either way, some mental stuff happened. Oh, yeah. So now I think we've actually come through a lot faster than normal. Well, moderately faster than normal. Yeah, if you pretend that first 15 minutes that we botched didn't happen at all, then this was certainly quicker. Yeah. Yeah. But now that just leads us to Book a Corner. Yes, it does. Book a Corner, Book a Club, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care anymore. Yeah, that's only... You've only reminded me that I got the name wrong, so... Whoops. That's what I'm here for. Aren't Uh, we excellent podcasters? Oh, it's our third week. I will let you take the wheel on this one. Yeah. Given that it's your match, I believe that should be how this works. It was a... So I want to remind anyone, anyone who's listening out there... All three of you. All... All, I think, less than that. (laughs) I picked Leo Rush versus Angel Garza, December 11th, 2019. This was the second of their series for the Cruiserweight Championship, just after it came back to NXT. This match was a banger. I'm just going to put it out there. You got... I'd like to say underrated, but I don't know how rated it actually was. Well, I think it's a show opener. That is correct. It, it lit the crowd up pretty big. All I've got to show say up. is God. Gaza's got a presence about him. That crowd was eating up what he was putting down. Oh, yeah. Plus, he's extremely attractive, so that makes it a little bit easier. Very handsome, Jen. Yeah, so then you've got... You got him coming in as the as the challenger, and everyone's loving him. And people are moderately dislike disliking Rush. He's coming in a bit. It's a shame. I like he's, Leo Rush. I think he's fired up because if I remember previously, I can't remember if this is how this played out. In one of the matches, because um, Gaza has tearaway pants, let's not forget. It becomes important later. But I'm pretty sure he tore away those pants in front of, or like, did it deliberately next to Rush's wife. So already you are correct. That Rush is how is this mad. played out. Already he's angry at him, and they don't like each other. So then, as the announcements are being made, Rush jumps Gaza. And one thing I noticed throughout the match is that Gaza didn't throw punches, it was always open hand slaps, which I just found really funny. I appreciate I it, like with it. Her, but I do like I like it because otherwise because it stopped them just looking like the same person, like the same, just throwing the same things and doing the same moves. Stops it just being right hand given, received, given, received. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. There was a great counter to the the come up where if anyone doesn't know the move Rush sort of seated springboards himself backwards from the ropes to hit a cutter or a stunner, I should say. But instead of following in to take it, Gaza runs off to the sides. Then, as soon as Rush lands seated, hits him with a low drop kick. That if was can, cool. I did like that spot. That was quite nice. 
I liked well, actually. I think my spot of the match that I can recall, because I'll be honest, I don't have many notes about this match. I was just watching it for the joy, with the intent of taking notes on a second viewing. Didn't get time for the second viewing. I did the same. But thing. we do. But we do what we can. Uh, our professional podcasters over here. <laughs> my favorite spot would have actually been a counter into a come up when uh, Rush is taken into the electric chair propels himself off of Gaza onto the bottom rope up cutter slash stunner whichever you want to call it I think it's more of a stunner but yeah, because you stunner, said cutter I've said because you said cutter I said cutter you've confused me yeah excellent into I think two count must have been a two count Rush yeah. doesn't win the match. No, he doesn't. Um, oh yeah, spoiler alert, Gaza wins. No, no, was that the one where he uh, he almost he was going Ring. for it to get yeah the terror to wins. get the two count or Gaza crawls it. Nope, cut all this crap because I'm rambling and I'm not even talking about the right spot. Yeah, my my favorite non wrestling moment was. Gaza escaping via cutaway pants. Where yes. Rush then goes for goes to try and pull him back, but he crawls away. And as he thinks that he's got him, the tearaway trousers come off. And Rush is just left holding them in his hand. But yeah. then then he risks it all and goes top rope and goes for his frog splash from the top to the outside. This leads to the finish where Gaza gets the knees up from that extra big frog splash, throws Rush in the ring, hits the wing clipper, which is a gnarly move. I'm a huge fan of the wing clipper. Doesn't get the three count. But then what he does do is put him into an inverted, inverted full Nelson, seated full Nelson and just wrenches the life out of Rush, who just taps. And you've got Essentially, he sits him out in the wing clipper... Goes for the pin. When that doesn't work, he pulls him back into wing clipper position and yes. just ragdolls him to death. And it's a very good finish. I'm a big finish. fan of it. I'm a big fan of big power move into submission. It's again why I love Pack. Yeah. Black Arrow Black into Arrow. Brutalizer is always nasty. It's a good but enough about Pack. I talk about him too much as it is. Yeah, this match was great. And I really enjoyed actually the beginning because we talked about it earlier with Seth and Finn. I like when a blood feud starts with two guys just scrapping the life out of each other. Yeah, me too. Doesn't happen enough. Too often it will just be lock up, off the rope, leapfrog, drop down, tackle, side headlock takeover, all the all the standard wrestling moves. Nah, I like it when you just fight each other for a bit. When you're so heated, you just don't even want to play nice, as it were. Yeah, no, I agree. That's definitely what what I'm more into. Having it, a feud becoming personal, where they all, all it just leads to is actual anger and emotion, rather than rather than just let's go through our wrestling moves and then it'll get heated. Keep it heated from the start, and then the crowd's into it from the first second. Yeah, yeah. just with this being uh, the opener, it just gave that crowd that shot in the arm, that energy from minute one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially since you've got a full 
a full card afterwards. Yeah, it, and it a card that's it made, know what they're in for. And a card that's main evented by Champa versus Balor versus Keith Lee for the number one contendership, no less. Yes. But I believe at the time Adam Cole's NXT Championship. Yes, it was. 2019, that sounds about right. Yeah. So anyway, that was my uh, Booker Club corner. I like I've it. Already for- I've already forgotten what we were going for. Lewis, what is your Booker Club for next I am scrolling time? the listings because I realise I forgot to pick one. I'm going to go simple. I'm going to go for something that is a great match. I really enjoy it because I love passion. I just love when when fans, when participants buy into a story they're telling. I'm going to go with back when he was a heel and he was supposed to be a heel and he played the part correctly. Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega at Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor 12, which was, I believe, New Orleans weekend. So the weekend, I believe, happened the night before the famous Champa Gargano won. Ooh. I like it. I like very it. That's good. a very good one. That's a, that's Thank a, you. That's going to be good. I've not seen that before, so we'll be very Pretty interested. Good. Pretty did you say, good. Did you say Cody was the heel? He was the heel. I do like Cody as a heel. I He's will explain more of the context of the match. If Ian Riccoboni does not do a sufficient job, I will tell the rest of the story of the match <laughs> if you need me to at another time. Absolutely. Let's do this. So uh, that was another one. That uh, was another one. That was the third another episode. one that bites the dust. Possibly the messiest episode we've had so far. Technical issues can't help it. Hopefully, with some sound editing from my co-host, we will avoid the worst of it. Avoid the choppiest of the waters. Yeah, hopefully. Or I'll half ass it. And you we'll get see, see what happens. And you get to see what these things really sound like. Ugh. It's not perfect. Even with the evidence, it's far from perfect. It's not even good. Oh. Yeah, fair. Anyway, yeah, let's let let's be almost serious now. I think I've managed to get us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify, so plenty of channels to try and get us on. I know you definitely told me Spotify and Apple. I'm assuming Stitcher works because that seems to be the easiest one everyone gets to. And of course, our recording platform as well, Anchor. Yeah, so... Makes sense. Pretty much. Anyway, catch you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.